Exodus chapter 5, it's on page 61. Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are now numerous, and you are stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. But require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. Then the slave drivers and the overseers went out and said to the people, This is what Pharaoh says, I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. So the people scattered all over Egypt to gather stubble to use for straw. The slave drivers kept pressing them, saying, Complete the work required of you each day, just as when you had straw. And Pharaoh's slave drivers beat the Israelite overseers they had appointed, demanding, Why haven't you met your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? Then the Israelite overseers went and appealed to Pharaoh, Why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants are given no straw, yet we are told, Make bricks! Your servants are being beaten, but the fault is with your own people. Pharaoh said, lazy, that's what you are, lazy. That is why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work, you will not be given any straw, yet you must produce your your full quota of bricks. The Israelite overseers realized they were in trouble when they were told, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required of you for each day. When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, May the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hands to kill us. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Amen. Good morning. Am I I switched on? Good. It's a first for everything. Hello there. Um, You might be wondering why I'm stood here and not Nathaniel. Uh, Most of you perhaps know. Nathaniel has broken his foot. Poor Nathaniel. So he's, uh, he's resting. I found out this on Thursday when uh, Trevor sent a text and I thought, I think I'll ring Nathaniel up and see how he is. And I kind of wished I hadn't because he said, (laughs) (laughs) 
he said, oh, thanks so much for ringing. Would you mind doing... <laughs> no, he said, would you mind doing the communion? And then yesterday morning, he texted me and said, would you mind doing the sermon? And I said, yes, of course. <laughs> no, it's fine. So, shall we just pray for Nathaniel? Uh, Father God, we bless you for Nathaniel. Thank you for, for who he is and for sending him to be with us um, as vicar here. And we pray that you'll be fixing his, his foot. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, today's sermon is titled Bricks Without Straw. And hopefully I've got a PowerPoint if the technology is working. Is it working, um, Darren? Good. Bricks Without Straw. And the subtitle is, Why Does Life Seem Harder When We Follow Jesus? Okay. Be thinking about that question. Anybody got any answers as we, uh, straight away? No. Be thinking about that, and I'll introduce the next slide which are these words. Nathaniel gave me a, a long title of this sermon, and this is kind of the sub-subtitle. I don't know what that's called. Yeah. It's, and it's these words. Nobody said it would be easy. No one ever said it would be so hard. Does anybody recognize those words? They're from a song. Nobody recognize them? You, you, who said that? It is, it's a Coldplay song. Here it is, it's called The Scientist. And uh, it's from about 15 years ago or something like that. And um, it's a really good song. Now, if you've never seen the video of it, the official video that goes with the song, this afternoon, just Google it. It's a really good video. It's, it's one of those videos that, that goes backwards. So um, you'll see the singer, Chris Martin, is he called? He walks backwards as he's singing, and then he jumps from the ground over a high wall backwards, and then everything goes backwards. So it's, you know, the, the film is played backwards, in other words. Um, and there's a refrain that goes through the song, which is this. Oh, take me back to the start. The song is about kind of uh, somebody who's got in a mess, the relationship's gone wrong, and he's saying, I wish it was how it was before. I wish I could go back to how things were before. Does anybody ever feel like that? I wish I could go back how it used to be. Yeah? Some people are nodding, yeah. That's quite a common experience, isn't it? We wish it was like it was before. Why is it so hard? Nobody said it would be easy. No one ever said it would be so hard. But actually, we can't really go back. We can only really go forwards. We could try to go back. In fact, in some ways... Um, me and Jane have, have gone back in two ways. We've gone back to our house in Bingley where we used to live. Bingley's a nice place, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just saying that to uh, 
to people who live in Bingley. Frizingall's wonderful as well, but yeah. Um, so me and Jane used to live in Bingley about 12 years ago. Then when I had the privilege, the honor of being the curate in this church, we, we had to move house. And, and 12 years later, we moved back to that house. But it's not the same. It's not how it was. It's different. We've had to do loads of work in the house to make it our home again. We've we kind of gone back, but it's not the same. It's different. We, we're having to go forwards. Another thing we've gone back to, me and Jane, is we've come back to St. Margaret's. <laughs> and we were thinking, oh, it'd be great, it'd be fantastic. But it's not the same. <laughs> it's got lots of wonderful things, hasn't it, St. Margaret's? And, but it's not the same. We can't really go back. We can only go forwards. Things have changed here. Uh, we've got Nathaniel amongst us for one thing, haven't we? Uh, but I don't know about you, but I'm thinking that um, actually God's got some good things in store for St. Margaret's. There seems to be something happening. God is with us. Amen. Can, we have, can I have an amen? amen. <laughs> yeah, God's good. Um, now, as I was thinking about this talk yesterday, and those, those words from Coldplay, no one said it would be easy. No one ever said it would be so hard. I was thinking about my new job. So most of you know that uh, it was just last July. I changed my job. Now, I used to be a vicar. Now I'm the uh, Church of England chaplain at the uh, Bradford Royal Infirmary. And it's as though I was singing that song to myself for about four months actually, nobody said it would be easy, no one ever said it would be so hard, because uh, the change in job was very difficult, it was tough, change is often hard isn't it, and um, I was thinking at times, take me back to the start, take me back to what I used to do, um, but again, we can't go back. We can only go forwards. I've told you about my home and St. Margaret's. We can't go back, only forwards. The, um, the passage that Pippa read to us had this phrase about making bricks without straw. And it's a phrase that's really come to mean an impossible task. It, it's kind of, we haven't got the resources to complete the task. Bricks without straw. I was trying to think of, um, you know, a kind of analogy that we might have um, in, our, in our modern life. Because I've never made a brick. Has anybody here made a brick? No. We'll, we'll think about bricks in a minute. But I, I couldn't really think of anything. Um, maybe it's kind of trying to make... Uh, uh, squash without the juice. So you've just got the water and you haven't added the juice. It's not really squash anymore, is it? It's just water. Um, and as I was thinking about that, it, it, it kind of made me think of my own situation. 
and how I was feeling about my new job, that uh, I wanted to go back. Um, and then I thought, well, you know, if God calls us to something, he equips us. He doesn't really call people who are already equipped. He equips those he calls. We see this in the Bible over and over again. People like Moses, we heard about Moses, didn't we? He wasn't confident. He couldn't speak up very well. Uh, and he, he said to God, when God appeared to him, he said, uh, can you send somebody else instead of me? But God says, no, I've chosen you. It's up to you. And then God gives him the tools to do what he's called him to do. So as I've, as I've gone on in my uh, new job, uh, it's still not easy, but I feel that um, God's with me in what he's called me to do. Uh, uh, last week, if you're here, here at church, who was here at church last week? Just show me. And we had some testimonies, didn't we? Uh, they were good, weren't they? And... The, the kind of theme of the testimonies was, again, about uh, not feeling confident to speak up for God, not feeling confident to tell others about God. So we heard from Helen and Jane, and we heard from some of the young people, didn't we? And it, what, what came across to me was, again, that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called, because all of those people didn't say, oh, we're brilliant at uh, speaking about God to our friends. They didn't say that, did they? They didn't say that at all. They said that uh, it was difficult, but when they tried it, they felt God was with them and giving them strength to do it. Back to Exodus chapter 5. In my uh, translation, it starts, Afterwards... Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh. Afterwards, that means something happened before, doesn't it? What happened before was that uh, Moses said, I, I can't do this, send somebody else. And now God sends him to Pharaoh. So he's probably very unconfident and somewhat afraid. And he takes his big brother, Aaron, with him. So afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Verse 2. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. Uh, now, we have to remember that, um, that the, um, the Israelites are slaves. They're, they are uh, an oppressed people. They haven't really got any rights. So what Moses and Aaron are doing is quite dangerous for them. But they're not making a, kind of a re rebellious request in some ways, are they? They just want to go uh, and worship God and as the text goes on it says for three days but Pharaoh says no you've got to stay here and work for me I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel 
go. At this point, the battle lines are drawn. God on one side, Pharaoh on the other. God has said to Moses, uh, bring the people out to the desert and worship me. Pharaoh says, no. So, in a sense, this is a, a metaphor for the battle between good and evil that we see time and time again in history, in our own lives, in the world. Uh, things are never quite black and white, are they? But, but at the moment, we see on our television screens, you know, the battle in, uh, in uh, Ukraine, don't we? And um, I hope you're praying for the people of Ukraine. There's a battle between good and evil. And when we choose to follow Jesus, when we choose to carry the light, as we were singing last week, it seems that often opposition comes. When we try and do the right thing, we, uh, we sometimes find there's opposition to that. Anybody uh, experienced that? So instead of life getting easier, when we follow Jesus, it sometimes gets harder. Not all the time, but sometimes. Because as we carry the light, the darkness wants to put out the light. Um, I was uh, at the hospital on Thursday. This was after I'd uh, rang Nathaniel up. And uh, I went to the chapel. No, it was before, actually. I went to the chapel to, to pray, and my friend was there. And my friend, uh, Matt, is, um, he's a consultant pediatrician. Anybody know what a pediatrician is? Uh, Sue does. What does a pediatrician do? He's a doctor who looks after children. And my friend is a super bright uh, man. And, uh, and he's also very, very busy. If, if, if I ever spend time with him, his phone rings about 10 times. Um, but anyway, it didn't ring this, uh, this occasion. And we were talking to each other. And Matt, Matt was saying that at his church, they had, had a home group. And in the home group, they'd been talking about the Holy Spirit and he, Matt was saying that uh, how important it was for us to rely on God's Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit as we do our work and uh, then, we went, then we had a time of prayer we prayed together and I was struck what he prayed he prayed words to this effect when we face troubles help us to cry out to you Lord Cry out to the Lord. I'm going to use that phrase, cry out to the Lord, as we look at this passage for just a couple of minutes. Because um, there's a lot of crying out, but it's not always to the Lord. So, Exodus 5. Pharaoh tells the slave drivers and the overseers that they are not to give the Israelites any straw, but then they must make, still make 
the same number of bricks. So, what's all this about making bricks with straw? Uh, I had to go Google this because I didn't, I didn't really quite understand. Um, so, this is what was happening in Egypt in those days. Egypt had kind of enslaved the Israelites. They'd, they'd forced them to do all the work in Egypt. And the, the Israelites were building uh, the... Um, the, the city um, and the, the Egyptian civilization. So they were building things like the pyramids. Um, and to do this, they had to make bricks. And the bricks they made, they got the clay out of the ground uh, on the riverbed. And uh, this clay is very fine clay, apparently. And to make a brick, you get the clay, you kind of put it together, and you, then you let it dry. But if you let this clay dry just on its own, it dries very quickly because it's very fine, and it goes hard quickly, but it becomes very brittle, so that it breaks easily. Okay? So to make the brick stronger, they put clay, uh, sorry, they put straw in with the clay, so that the straw kind of holds the clay together and it dries slower, and the bricks set harder. Are you, are you still with me? <laughs> so, so, if they had to make bricks without straw, they would be pretty useless bricks. So Pharaoh says to them, I'm not going to give you any straw, you've got to get your own straw. So besides doing all the work making bricks, they now have to go and find straw. And it's not easy for them. Um, and, and Pharaoh says, I'm not going to give you any straw, but you still have to make the same number of bricks. Pharaoh's not very good at industrial relations, is he really? But um, this is what he says. You've got to make the same number of bricks, but I'm not going to give you any straw. Now there's some crying out. Now, as often happens when uh, one group of people takes over another group of people, uh, the people in power make some of the people they've enslaved be the bosses of the, the uh, enslaved people. It happened in the Second World War with the, the Nazis. So they, you know, the people in the, in the, uh, the, camp, the death camps who, who kind of did all the beating were, uh, would be you know, the people of that, that country, so Polish people would be, um, would be in charge of the Polish uh, prisoners. Anyway, so in Egypt, Pharaoh's chosen some of the Israelites to rule over the slaves. These are the overseers. And so these Israelite overseers cry out to Pharaoh because they know that the Israelites can't make as many bricks without straw. It's an impossible task and uh, they're beating the slaves but they still can't do the work so they go to Pharaoh and they cry out saying this is impossible you know give us the straw back again so to my mind what these overseers are doing they are colluding with evil they're kind of um, going along with, with what Pharaoh said. They cry out to Pharaoh, even though they know this is an impossible task, they say, give us the straw 
back. Um, so it, it, I wonder if that happens to us sometimes. We're in a terrible situation and um, maybe, maybe something at work is going wrong and uh, somebody's doing something wrong. And instead of kind of trying to put it right, we just go along with it for an easy life. Does that, does that happen to you? It happens to me sometimes. I, do, I don't want to make waves. I just want to have an easy life. Do you know what I mean? So this is what these overseers are doing. They want to make life easier, but they're not kind of challenging Pharaoh. They're just um, kind of trying to make peace with, with this bad king. So they cry out. They also cry out to Moses and Aaron. But this time, they blame Moses and Aaron. Things were bad enough, but now they say, Moses and Aaron, you've just made things worse. And what they say is, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials, and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. So... Instead of blaming Pharaoh, whose fault it really is, they're blaming Moses and Aaron. They're blaming. I wonder about us. When things go wrong, we kind of try to blame somebody, don't we? There's some more crying out. Moses and Aaron do the right thing. They cry out to the Lord. Just like my friend uh, prayed, when, when we've got troubles, cry out to the Lord. This is the best place to cry out to, isn't it? To the Lord. And they say, why, Lord? Sorry, why, Lord? Why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? So uh, Moses it's kind of saying, I knew this would happen, you chose me, and now it's gone all wrong. But at least he's crying out to the right place. Um, sometimes I think we, we feel that we, we shouldn't kind of complain to God. But if you read the Bible, that's not, that's not right, is it? If you read the Psalms, they're full of, uh, of places where people uh, complain to God. If you're going to complain, the best place to take your complaint is to God. Cry out to God, because God is the one who can, who can do something about it. Cry out to the Lord. Now, our reading today finished at the end of chapter 5. So we have Moses and Aaron crying out to the Lord, and it's just left like that. Sometimes life's like that, isn't it? We cry out to the Lord and nothing seems to happen. But still, we should cry out. Fortunately, uh, we know the end of the story. But, but as, we, as we just uh, end at the end of chapter 5, it's really about uh, the struggles of life and not kind of wanting to avoid those struggles, but going through them. Because in our struggles, often God wants to teach us something. 
and he wants, us, he wants to change us, to transform us into uh, being people more like Jesus. Uh, Nathaniel sent me a little uh, note in what he was going to say if he would have been preaching this morning. He said that God didn't just want to take the Israelites out of Egypt. He wanted to take Egypt out of the Israelites. Shall I say that again? God didn't want to take the Israelites just to, to take the Israelites out of Egypt. He wanted to take Egypt out of the Israelites. In this struggle that these people are going through, God is changing them. So if you, I don't know what, what you're going through at the moment, but maybe God is, is taking you through that struggle because he wants to teach you something. He wants to transform you, change you, to be more like Jesus. This afternoon... Besides watching the Coldplay video, I'd encourage you to read chapter 6 of Exodus. Because in chapter 6, we hear that rescue is coming. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to um, Moses. I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. So God is coming to rescue. God is our rescuer. The book of Exodus is a wonderful um, story and it's kind of a... It's kind of pointing to something far greater, actually. As God's people are rescued out of Egypt, it points to our ultimate rescuer, our rescuer who is Jesus. And what struck me when I read this passage yesterday is the use of the word yoke. So in Exodus, it says, God says, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. It straight away made me think of this passage in Matthew 11 because now Jesus offers us another yoke. Now a yoke is a piece of farming equipment, uh, kind of a big collar, big heavy collar that's put on an ox and this it kind of weighs the ox down so that the farmer can uh, kind of beat it or encourage it to do its work um, But that's not the yoke that Jesus offers. Jesus offers a different type of yoke. He says this. This is Jesus speaking to you. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. We no longer have to have that yoke of the Egyptians or or whatever that is in our current world because Jesus offers us an alternative. As As we let Jesus now be our boss instead of Pharaoh, 
he says, I will make your yoke easy and your burden light. Because in this battle that I spoke about before between good and evil, love wins. That's the, that's the ultimate uh, end of our story. Love wins. Uh, this picture hasn't come out brilliantly. This is a photograph I took. Um, does anybody know where it might be? Just out of interest. Jane does, because she was there. <laughs> this, is, this is a wall. Not Berlin. Think of somewhere else where there's a wall. It, it's, yes, it's in, uh, it's, it's, this is near Bethlehem. There's a wacky and great big wall, and it's not to, uh, you know, kind of surround a property. This wall is to separate one group of people from another. And if you don't know about what's going on in uh, Israel, uh, go and uh, Google it. Because uh, Jews are separated from Arabs, and it's terrible. But on this wall, somebody's painted, well, there's loads of painting on it, but in this one place, somebody wrote, love wins. One day we won't have a need for any walls because Jesus has knocked down all the walls that divide us. And as I, I, was, I was thinking of this passage uh, in Exodus, maybe think of this passage in Colossians, where um, it says this, you can't read that because it's very small. Let me read it for you. So Paul writes this to us. When you are dead in your sins and, the in, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle, spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So the cross is what has uh, won for us. Love wins because of the cross. Jesus is our rescuer. He brings us freedom. The other passage that uh, came to my mind is from Romans. Uh, this is from uh, King James Version, so it's uh, quite old-fashioned language. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor Pharaoh, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, when we face troubles, cry out to the Lord. Cry out for yourself, but also make sure that you cry out for others to the Lord. When I, when I was struggling with my job, I think it changed when I asked other people to pray for me. Has anybody else experienced that? When other people pray for you, uh, it's, it's very powerful. So we need to be praying for others as well. And as Jane pointed to us uh, before, at the moment we need to be praying 
for the people of Ukraine. And I'm sure we will be, won't we, in a few moments. But now let's just, uh, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, um, whatever we're going through at the moment, we come to you and lay our lives before you. Help us not to, um, to run away from problems, but to cry out to you so that, so that you can lead us through, so that we can know Jesus saying to us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen.